I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Welcome back. Oops, the podcast. I'm Francis. This is Julio. Yo, yo, yo. Let's make it a good one today. Let's do it. I feel good. I've got good good energy. I've got good vibes. You got a little mane in you? I, man, you know. You got some mane in the blood? I was told that it looks good on me. Mane looks good on you? I come back from mane looking better. Hilarious. It's the right amount of sun, right amount of swimming, dog play, seafood, rolling around in the grass, all of that. That, that restores me. It's good. I like it, dude. I'm jealous. What's up with you, man? What's happening? I mean, I wish, yeah, I, I need a weekend like that, I think. I've been sort of just in the city doing it, doing it up, doing a lot of comedy, staying up too late, sleeping not that great, you know, generally not feeling as energized and healthy as I'd like to, so I got to fucking whip it back into gear, you know? Let me ask you something. <laughs> Do you think that you have a purpose in life on this world? Uh, whoa. Yeah. Jesus. Um, maybe, but like not a purpose that doesn't, that goes beyond whatever are my own direct sort of my, my direct agenda. You know what I mean? So you wouldn't say mystically that your purpose is to entertain others or in some way twist it to say, to say that, yeah, you're living in the service of others or anything like that. Yeah. I would say that my purpose is about me by me. For the me, by the me. <laughs> that is that is my purpose. I don't feel that there's some... You were put on this planet to do this, Julio. I think that's fine. Are you feeling that way? No. No. I, I think it's... I think it's... I don't think it's arrogant. In fact, you might even be able to say that it is less arrogant or less narcissistic to say that my purpose is just to get through my day, to try to be the best person I can be for me, for my own sake. And Totally. Yeah, you're right. There's like there's sort of this this idea that you are like this delusion if you think you have some greater purpose, it's more offensive than just being like selfishly my purpose is to make myself happy. Yeah. Well, then here's another <laughs> question that that follows. Do you ever think about your legacy? Yeah, I do. How does that what shape does that take? Well, it's funny, dude. I don't, I don't know if this is a function of just watching things and maybe and, and like relating to them, but have you watched the Untold episode about Marty Fish yet? Yes, I did. <laughs> I am loving this Netflix series. It's good. It's good. It is spectacular. I watched the hockey one after you. Did you like the it. hockey one? It was great. Yeah. So good. And then because of that, I watched the Marty Fish. Yeah. Yeah. It took place like probably 40 minutes away from me, the hockey one too. So it was like. From where I lived, went to high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. The Marty Fish one. So sometimes I can't help but watch the Marty Fish thing and be like, I'm the guy who like, I'm not the Roddick. I'm the Marty Fish. Can you give a brief synopsis? Yeah. So Marty, the Marty Fish doc, it's about, it's about a tennis player. Very, very talented. I remember when I was playing juniors, he was like number one in the country, number one in New England. Like he was a few years older than me. Um, and him, he and Andy Roddick ended up becoming these great American tennis players. Roddick was sort of great faster. And then, and then uh, Marty, when he hit around 30 years old, sort of hit his stride. And then he sort of discovered this like crippling anxiety. Uh, and it really like affected his performance. 
Uh, and I don't relate to it in that way, but sometimes I'm like, ah, like, am I, I'm just like not a killer, dude. You know what I mean? I'm not willing to do whatever it takes. Like I'm, I'm like, if somebody's comes in hot with like a much harder, like I'm, I'm much more likely to sort of like defer to the strong personality sometimes. And I'm kind of like, dude, stop being a bitch. Like that, that's sort of my, yeah, but the life is not some natural world struggle for supremacy. It's not about you entering a room like some deer and thinking <laughs> that's the biggest buck. I got to go right, lock right, horns right. with him right. or else my ability to procreate, my ability to feed myself, my my world is in jeopardy. But in, in comedy, you sort of have to like, it, it, it's helpful to sort of like shamelessly put yourself and jump in front of the spotlight as opposed to sort of doing it with finesse or, you know what I mean? You can kind of just like get left in the dust. I don't, I don't know. So then does that mean that your legacy you are hoping will be a lasting, enduring Ma Madison Square Garden level legacy? I, I don't know. I, I just hope that, you know, I find that sometimes it kind of like takes me a little longer to like get my, to get like sink my teeth into stuff, but that I eventually do. And I hope that that ends up being true and that I don't look back and be like, man, I wish I put myself out there more or I wish I like stole the spotlight more or, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what my legacy will be, but I always worry that it's not going to be the legacy I'd hoped for. Okay. So then separate your professional legacy from your legacy as Julio the man. Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully they're two different legacies. Do you have an idea of what your legacy, what you would hope for it to be to your grandchildren? Oh, I mean, no, I haven't really thought about that. I really? feel like, I feel like really? that because you should think about that. Why? Why? Because should that I think will about that? that will make you live <laughs> a better life and it will allow you to be happier with who you are on a more local level. Okay, well, let's clarify some things. I'm pretty, I'm happy with who I am. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't want you to mistake what I just said before as me wishing I was something else. Like, of course, you know, it's easy to critique oneself and try to improve, but I have no problem being me. I like being me. And I don't feel like I need to sort of shift the focus from myself unto the next of kin in order to like be free of this burden of, hoping like of never being enough mm -hmm. i prefer to just focus on me <laughs> and not yeah. worry about those little shits who are to come no but okay my reason in saying <laughs> that is that sometimes i think about uh i think about the movie saving private ryan right mm -hmm. you seen that i have not have you not i have not yeah yeah oh it's i've seen it probably 10 times i've been meaning to see it forever and just have never gotten to it all right well then maybe i won't make this point <laughs> but if I, everyone else has seen it and I, i'm sure i'll be able to relate to whatever you're talking well about. i don't want to spoil the movie for uh, you, okay okay well i appreciate that okay well let's just say that it, it, there is a character in the movie and this doesn't give anything away i'll be very careful who um is is at a grave site at a, a in a cemetery and he's looking at the grave of someone he used to know, and it's an important character. In the movie. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't give anything. Away. That, this is the first scene of the okay. movie. First scene of the movie, and um, 
you know, obviously lots of time has passed and then they flash back in time. Again, not giving anything away. Um, and he's surrounded by his grandchildren and his wife and his kids. And obviously the movie sort of talks about um, or shows what he did in the war and, mm-hmm. and, and what they did in the war. And it's, it's the battles, the heroism, the courage. The saving of Private Ryan. <laughs> sure, all, all of that, absolutely. <laughs> and the, the victories and defeats and everything. Um, and yet, you know, that war ended when this guy was a, a whatever, maybe a 22-year-old man, right? Right, right. 23. And then he lived another 60 years, 65 mm-hmm. years or whatever. And that period is, is where he established his legacy far more than what he may have done in a couple of years in battle. Mm-hmm. And that's not to take anything away from him or anyone in the, uh, in the military, but it goes to show that, I mean, unless you become a four-star general or you win the Medal of Honor, mm-hmm. you know, what you accomplish professionally uh, may or may not contribute to your legacy uh, as much as your, your what you do as a father or what you do as a, a husband mm-hmm. or a grandfather. You know, I think about, sorry, they're different. No, but they're, they're potentially different things. You know, like your legacy to everyone versus your legacy to your family. Because... Yeah, but again, I, I, I think of the... I do think of them as two different things. But I also think that you can have a brilliant legacy. You can be remembered incredibly fondly without having risen to the highest, highest point of your field. Right, right. Yeah. My grandfather is ailing. Mm-hmm. He's not doing well. Did I tell you that? You have, yeah. I've mentioned this. Yeah. And I think about him and the impact that he's had on my life. You know, first of all, I only met my grandfather when he was already 60 years old. Right, right. Right? Isn't that a crazy thing? You've only, you only and, and, typically and you know couldn't your grandparents. Even, yeah, and you wouldn't even old. be able to say that because I only became conscious of the type of man he was when I was like five. Yeah, yeah. Um, or later. So by the time I met him, he was retired from legacy building. He's a CD senior citizen. He, he had retired from defining his life based on his work. Mm-hmm. Right? All of that was behind him. And yeah, you hear stories. But when you're a young kid, you don't give a shit about, you know, I'm not impressed by... Oh, he built a little company, whatever. What you know? Again, unless he's like the president or a famous actor or something. So, my my the legacy that I carry of my grandfather is the is the the grandfather I knew in my life, mm-hmm. and his interactions with us at Thanksgiving or Christmas or the way that he advised my dad through his professional life and what I've heard about that and. Uh, I think what I'm trying to say is that as you prepare to depart the world, you might realize that that legacy is far more important than what you may have accomplished mm-hmm. as a professional. 
Right. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that you just made the argument for why it's important to have a family. You know what I mean? Because you might be crushing it so hard in your life and you don't have time for family. Then all of a sudden you get all old and fucking, yeah, but you, what do you got? You did that to me. But I didn't, I don't feel that you way. You said that to me once. I don't feel that way though. You do remember you saying that? What did I say? You said you don't want to die alone. Yeah, you're right. I don't, I do not. Because I said, I don't know if I want to have kids. Oh, oh. And you said, yeah, but you, yeah, but when you get old, you get to a certain point where you don't want to be alone. Right. And dude, there's, there's a lot of arguments for, you know, a dear friend of mine is her mother is like not doing too hot. And I don't think she's too in touch with her father. And like she was saying, she's like, thank God I have a brother. She's like, she's like, this is such a strong argument for why having two or more kids is can, can have value. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they, it's part of that thought, like what you're saying, like you get to a certain age. Yeah. And what do you have in your life? And, and I, I'm starting to understand more and more why grandparents are so obsessed with grandchildren. Like they're just fucking old and like, you can't do much. You can't even move around that easily. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but then you can see this like youth that is part of your lineage and it's just so, it must be so satisfying, you know, even, yeah. even if they think you smell weird and shit, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. so I, yeah, I, you know, part of me and, and I've been talking about this a little bit too with, with, uh, with, you know, my girlfriend, we're just kind of just talking about kids and stuff, you know what I mean? Just kind of like sort of, you know, frankly being like, all right, like there's a realistic timeline for all this stuff. And I kind of want to put it off for as long as I can in theory, because there's so much stuff that I want to do that for some reason I've decided I can't do when I have the kids, but I guess you just got to like attack that when it comes, but that doesn't mean that I don't want them. So then she'll be like, do you just not want to have kids? I'm like, no, I definitely do. But I just wish that there was a perfect way to do it. And it appears that maybe there is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? I mean, I don't know that there is a, a switch that flips for everyone where all of a sudden you say, okay, my days of, you know, schlepping around India or Haiti and doing these crazy adventures yeah. are behind me. I'm ready for a kid and, you know, weekends yeah. uh, spent playing catch in the yard um but some people there is that switch yeah yeah i i know that my i, I believe my brother-in-law just got to a point in his life where all of a sudden he said i want a family and i want kids mm -hmm. and then he met my sister and they that all happened very quickly yeah um here we are guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if i were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast see all the best analytics you could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony it's a way that any person can look at it and be like "Ooh, that's pretty and also it's our podcast and you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize so you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. I was at their wedding this past weekend. Surprise, surprise. I, I'm going <laughs> to, I promise to our listeners that I will not talk about a wedding for more than three minutes of this episode. <laughs> I'm going to cap myself. We are not a wedding starting podcast. The timer, starting We're, the timer. We may, we may seem like a wedding podcast. It's simply because I've been, we've been going to so many weddings. I've been going to a wedding every single weekend, uh, but this one was very different. It was my fam, my sister, her husband, 
they got they were supposed to have it last two like two Mays ago. So when that got postponed, they said we don't care about doing this in the right order. They got legally married, uh, and then they had a, a beautiful child, my niece Hayes, and then they had this big party where it was still their wedding, you know. Um they they had an officiant and they exchanged vows and we witnessed it and it was amazing. But it was so low key. There were only fifty people. That's really nice. It was at our house in Maine. Love it. I spoke at the ceremony and it was the best speech I've done. Really? Buddy. Killed it? I (laughs) can I tell you the joke I opened with? Sure. And let me set the stage a little bit. So other people had spoken during the ceremony and because it was such a smaller wedding, um, it was kind of like there were a lot of older people there. A lot of my parents' friends, my parents invited a lot of friends. So it was kind of an older fashioned party where it was like, well, these are our friends and different generation, whatever. They invited a lot of my parents' friends and then all my sister's friends. And so there was, there's not the same uh, sticking to the script of weddings that there that you might typically find, where the wedding planner says you're speaking. This is the order. We're going to choreograph the way that people walk down the aisle. The fall leaves are falling as yeah. the violin plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it all, you know, you got to be here at this time. Put your bow ties on at this time. Fifteen minutes later, we're taking the bus. Half an hour after that, you know, pictures, whatever. None of that. It was it was just so much more free-flowing and chill. And most of that's because my sister and her husband just didn't care that much. You know, they they've already they're they're ten steps beyond this. Yeah. Um, but still a stunning wedding. Maine in sep- early September, our house on the water, just amazing. And, you know, for me. So much less stressful. One, the cheapest wedding I've ever yeah. attended. Amazing. I slept in my own bed for free. Thank God. All my meals paid for, you know, uh, nothing. My 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 parents paid for my flights, which was really nice. Huge. It was awesome. It was just amazing. So, but here's the joke. So, at the ceremony, people were standing up to talk who had not been asked to speak. <laughs> like my grandmother gave a toast Jeez. which was was nice yeah but it, it's just un, it's different from the format that i've right, been accustomed right, to right, which right, is right. you have been chosen a month you know months yeah. ahead of time to speak it's you, you yeah. and then this person and that you know that's you have your it. own bullet point that is written yeah on a program that has been printed out. come prepared and and don't exceed five minutes but my grandmother speaks then um my my parents my parents opened thanked everyone then my grandmother, then uh, the best man spoke, and then uh, my my brother-in-law's sister spoke, and they both, both the best man and my brother-in-law's sister spoke, did long speeches. Mm-hmm. They were lovely, but they were long um, and heartfelt and all of that and, and kind of earnest. And so by the time it was my turn to speak, I was the last speaker, people had, the energy had dipped a little. Okay. The first joke I came out and said was, uh, you know, I'm Francis, uh, brother to Lyndon. I am the son of my parents. 
uh, first of his name, uh, King of the Andals and the Seven Kingdoms or whatever. <laughs> Game of Thrones reference, a little solid, bit of a laugh. Solid. Then I said, when I first met my brother-in-law, uh, he, you know, I knew him as this six foot four West Point graduate. Or, no, no, I didn't, I didn't do that. That was my stand-up bit. But I said, uh, it's so nice to have a doctor in the family. My main man, um, the first person I would FaceTime if I discovered a lump on my penis. You said that? I said that to the entire wedding. Did you look at your sister to make sure that that went over okay? I, so here's what you'll appreciate. <laughs> That's fucking the insane. The original joke I'd written was the first person I would FaceTime if I fell down the stairs. I watched the as the speeches caught, brought, brought the energy down a little. And that's nothing against them. It was just when you're sitting around you for a long time, things start to slide. And that as I was sitting there, I said, I need a I need to gotta spruce up that I'm joke. I'm going a bit. <laughs> to come out with a. I'm going to swing, dude. I love. I'm it. going to defibrillate Gary the audience. Sheffield over here, dude. And I have enough confidence as a comedy writer to know that even if that joke had not gone well and nobody had laughed, I would have been able to get them back. Dude, that is risky as fuck. We've talked about this before. Uh, how bombing a family wedding speech can really have tough consequences mm -hmm. that was risky mm -hmm. but it sounds like it worked out people sat up <laughs> you saw people readjust in their seats and lean forward and the laugh the laugh went from was it a good laugh the laugh the laughs went from that polite <laughs> sort of like back of the throat you know oh that was a joke this is my courteous response laugh to laughs of surprise shock enjoyment okay and then from there i just had i had written this thing and it was it was set up punchline set up punchline joke 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 uh and then earnest earnest thoughtful love my sister joke love my sister mm. and did both both of them four minutes oh the first thing i said i got i took the mic and i said i've got four minutes and then that was, and then they were a little bit happier because of that. They, I was like, "This is it!" And then we're dancing, um, and and I did this, and people. I mean, it was, dude. I I brought it home. It? I brought dude. it home. So somebody emailed us asking about a best man speech and what they should do. the The format that he just listed is probably exactly what you need to do. I joke, 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 earnest. Whatever you just said, that I, can be applied to any yeah. wedding speech. I'm sorry to plug the Patreon, but today I actually wrote a five point guide on how to write a great perfect. wedding speech. Perfect, perfect. I'll give those summary points right now. It's very simple. Number one, keep it short. Okay, you do not want to go over five minutes. Yeah. Unless you're like the father, the bride, even the best man. Five minutes, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five minutes. Two. Um. Unless you're a seasoned comedian, don't make vulgar jokes. Yes. Okay. Um, number three, print your speech on paper. Do not read it off your phone. Yeah. That's okay. Really, that's really solid. That is a huge one. You have, by going from reading off your phone, which is what a lot of people do now, up there to reading it off of a paper, you 
are it just elevates the elegance of your speech Big and time. also the respect that you Big it time. almost seems like you're more prepared totally um and it's easier to read a line from your speech written on your paper and then look out at the audience more whereas with your phone you're glued to it yeah the text is so is small it's harder to like get out of it and look it looks at the like audience. you didn't fucking try yeah even if you did yep it's it's a. Uh, you did all the hard work and now you're cheapening what you're doing by yep. reading off your phone. Four, keep it about them, not about you. If you go through your speech and you see that something like 50% of the sentences start with I, I first met John. I went to college with them. Yeah. Get out of here. Nix it. You know, if you play a role in their lives, great. That's fine. But don't uh, keep it about them. And then find, finally, last point is end uh, sentimental. Yeah. End sentimental, something nice, something heartfelt about how wonderful they are, whatever it is, that's, that's, you should always end sentimental instead of funny. Very solid. Those are my five points. Very solid. Okay. That's weddings. Knocked it out of the park. Well done. That's weddings for today. Um, pause for Zach. Wait, what's, oh, how? Did I talk about that for nine minutes? <laughs> Damn you, Chris. I knew I wasn't going to be able to. You know, I, I I think transitioning. We had to say it. We had to call it out. I do think that uh, wedding speech tips is 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 a little adjacent to Listen, just dude, recapping weddings. You were just at your fucking do. sister's wedding. You're allowed to talk about it. All right. You don't got to apologize. We found a lot of good nuance in wedding material. Yeah. And I'm sure there's plenty more to come. So it was it was awesome. Bad, it was really special uh, seeing what it meant to my parents, and it also last thing it felt like my mom had been preparing our house for twenty seven years for this. Yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. all the gardening, all the trimming of trees and bushes, and painting and different whatever. Everything led to this moment. It was perfect. The house hit its prime love it the land the property hit its prime on wedding day that's very dope dude and um, it took 27 years to get there <laughs> we moved when i was four dude that's crazy yeah um i have a question for you when you travel to visit your family do you bring your toothbrush with you yeah you bring your home toothbrush or do you have an extra travel toothbrush do i have an away toothbrush yeah uh i bring my home toothbrush but it's bulky, so it's it's annoying. I mean, I, I I guess a year ago I switched to an electric toothbrush. Solid. So before that, I had been a manual guy, but the dentist said that I was so violently brushing my teeth that I was wearing away at my gums. Yeah, same. Um, and, and so he said I should switch to a, an electric. So do the gums regenerate eventually, or like not really? Right. I think it's like the. the I think it's like the cliffs at, at sea. There's Ugh. an erosion there, and it's I have never some recession, back. dude. I'm worried. I like stresses me out a little bit. But dude, I too have switched to an electric toothbrush. Quip. Yeah. Our new favorite. You're rocking the Quip, huh? Here on Oops the Podcast, dude. Yeah, we love the Quip. You got to switch to a smart toothbrush, especially because I used to just rip my gums apart brushing so fucking hard, thinking that I could like. Do, do everything I need to do by brushing hard, mm -hmm. which was, it's like the equivalent of not moving your feet and playing tennis, dude. Mm. You got to get on the smart toothbrush game. It will sort of shuts you down when you start brushing too hard. And with the quip, they're actually like built in uh, incentives. Oh, really? Which is crazy. Yeah. You earn daily points for brushing for two minutes twice a day and you can earn bonus points for challenges like 
streaks and it turns into to like a little game. Whoa. He's really like unleashed the boy in me, dude. Are there rewards? Yeah, $2,500 bathroom makeover sweepstakes, $1,500 grand prize, Lowe's and West Elm gift cards, $5 refill credits and discounts. There's, <laughs> dude, it's nuts. $5 Target gift cards. Uh, dude, it's amazing. This is way better than the Kumon math incentives that I used to <laughs> dude, yeah. fight for when I did their damn worksheets. Dude, it's no joke. They also have a bunch of different products, you know, floss, toothpaste, uh, all everything you could really want. So you should start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go get, uh, go to getquip.com slash oops right now. Save $10 on a Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush. That's ten dollars off a smart electronic, or sorry, a smart electric toothbrush at getquip dot com slash oops. Quip the good habits company. Wow. Okay, I have some thoughts really quick. So first of all, you know, when I was a kid, the only reward program related to dental health was when you would lose teeth. <laughs> And the tooth fairy would place a silver dollar under your pillow. Yeah. Which made me think, you know, the faster I lose my teeth, the better. So I didn't want to brush my teeth. One of them just fall out like, you know, <laughs> little Tic Tacs. But uh, that's the first thing. And secondly, did you ever do Kumon, Matt? Never. Do you know what that is? Yes. K-U-M-O-N. Yeah. Yeah. I used to do that. And they had a thing where it was like <laughs> you would you would do all the worksheets you and you each worksheet gave you some kind of credit and if you built up enough credits you could buy you know theoretically buy prizes but oh, their fine. prizes were good they had these Power Ranger card packs <laughs> they had like little Fire. Lego sets I don't know if this is true of every Kumon Math Center but man I used to fight tooth and nail. <laughs> to get through those worksheets so I could buy my you little prizes. Nice stuff? Dude, that's nice, bro. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I remember with teeth, I remember in school, my teachers would pull them out of your fucking mouth. Like when you had a loose tooth, they would rip it out of your mouth for you. And that was like a fun thing. Like there was our second grade teacher at Burr School used to pull them out of your fucking mouth for you. And she was known. So any grade you were in where that was applicable, where like you were losing your teeth and getting new ones, like because you were young enough for that, you'd go to her, she'd rip it out. Is crazy. That would not fly today. I feel oh my like. gosh! No, I don't. I don't think that would. To be honest with you, dude, did I ever did I ever tell you about the prank, the tutor prank I did? I'm not sure. We did a funny prank. Did I told I talked about this once. It was a long. It was a long time ago. So I would just give refresh our memory. It's pretty good, especially as a tutor. I think you would appreciate this. So there's like a tutor company, and they had like they were wearing a t-shirt and everything. You know how that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the prank was, and this was on this prank show I did on MTV years ago. Uh, the prank was the the tutor comes over and they start tutoring this kid. The tutor, the the kid is a man though, so like they're like, all right, are you come out, Johnny? And it's just this grown man, and now they're like tutoring this really bad man. Uh, who's acting like he's in high school. It's just like weird and unclear what the fuck's going on. But the last stage of the prank, the kid goes to the bathroom and all of a sudden you hear some commotion from like behind the couch and the tutor goes behind the couch and there I am wearing a tutoring t-shirt, but I'm tied up. <laughs> 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 Have a bandana in my mouth. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Dude, it was so fucking good. That is a good that one. That was like one of the better ones we did. It was That's people great. got freaked the fuck out. That's really good. Um, yeah, it was pretty fucking funny. Nice. Good I, I, you know, when I ran that tutoring company uh, that I started, the little one, um, the I had a friend 
you know, all my friends were really good at math and I would sort of give them some freelance work where I'd just, I wouldn't even take a cut of what they were making, but I'd say, Hey, I got a student who needs just four sessions to help with, you know, pre-calc or some, whatever, some figuring out how to differentiate a, a graph or something like that. And they knew and they would go in and they would just work through it with these kids. But one time I got hit up by this girl, this woman who was, I think she was, uh, she was studying for her GMATs or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, So she was in her mid twenties and she was needed help with one specific math thing that was very advanced. It was graduate school math. And I had a buddy who was brilliant math kid. And uh, I said, do you want to do this? And he said, sure. So he went and they had one session and you know, tutoring is pretty intimate yeah you're sitting together at a desk yeah under a lamp working over things fortunately all my students were like 13 so there was never anything weird or obviously whatever fine but if you had set me up to tutor a 25 year old girl yeah you know someone who was two or three years older than me or my age in her apartment yeah, that that can that can be that can, get, that can be a recipe for a little heat. That could turn into a piano lesson part two. Yeah, dude. well, to, let me tell you <laughs> Never something. Never forget. My buddy started picking up on this, and they finished their session, and then they he left, and then she started texting him, and it went from topic based material to sort of more like she her being like, "Man, I got so wasted last night," you oh, know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Okay, we're both adults," you know. And then she said something like, what are you up to tonight? And he was like, I don't know, not much, just chilling. And she said like, you know, you want to come over? And did he? And he went over and they had sex with each other. Amazing. Dude, amazing. <laughs> I never had that though. Dude, you know what, ha- you know what happens to me, dude? It never happened to me. You know what happens to me? <laughs> what? I will get DMs from people I used to teach tennis to when they were children who are now adults. And it starts to go in that direction. And then really? I shut it down because I have a girlfriend, but like a girl who like, say I t- teach these people when they were 15 or 16 and I was, you know, in my twenties or whatever. And now, you know, years go by, they somehow catch wind of my Instagram or whatever. And then DM, Oh my God, remember? Ha ha ha. Like nice conversation. And then by like 10 PM, it's like, where are you? Really? And, and sometimes it can get weird. Like sometimes like they get embarrassed and then we never talk again, but that's yeah. happened to me like a few times. It's just funny how, but it, when you're in a situation like that, like that dynamic, like you said, if it's if the age makes sense, it can turn into a sexual dynamic very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm sure a lot of those kids had crushes on you when you were teaching them tennis. Pro- yeah, presumably. Yeah. Um, and then because I mean, that's just what happens. The, oh, that's my tennis bro. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gee, you know what I had for breakfast this morning? What'd you have? Nothing. <laughs> Why? The day just started too quickly and uh, i had to go work and i did not have time to eat anything i know you don't do well in that sort it of ruined me <laughs> for the morning dude you gotta hit your magic spoon That's man. all i needed all i needed was to wolf down a bowl of the delicious magic spoon cereal and i would have been fine a healthy fibrous o- uh homage to your childhood yeah instead i was ornery and sullen and <laughs> volatile to everyone around me dude zero grams of sugar 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net carbs uh in each serving only 140 calories per serving keto friendly gluten-free grain-free soy-free low carb all that Uh, and you can build your own box 
uh, with the available flavors to build your very own custom what bundle. What are the flavors? What do they got? Cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple waffle. Cookies and cream and maple waffle used to be temporary, like special flavors, and now they are permanent. Yeah, they're in there. Get in there, get some, go to magicspoon.com slash oops to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code oops at checkout to save five bucks off of your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash oops, promo code oops, $5 off. Um, dude, so I went to that 9-11 comedy benefit. Yeah. And I was backstage. It was great. Uh, our buddy Pete Must put it nice. on. Yeah, it was Must cool. Nice. So I'll tell you what, dude, it's actually not that nice. At first it is. The first time you're backstage at a big event, and there's all these big comedians there, you feel really cool. You know what I mean? But eventually, if you do it enough, and I'm sure you can probably relate to this, if you're there for no reason, you just start to feel like a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather just watch the show. Right, right. So it's like, audience. and at one point, dude, okay, so let me backtrack a bit. The lineup of this comedy show was absolutely absurd. Like, potentially the best comedy show ever put on. We were talking about this before, before we started recording. But so Pete and Jon Stewart hosted it. And then, so obviously they both did their own sets. But dude, then the lineup was just absolutely crazy. It was like Michael Che, uh, Colin Jost, Amy Schumer, Bill Burr, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, uh, like Tom I'm, Segura. Tom Segura. I'm like forgetting. Wanda people. Sykes. Dude, yeah. Just um, like yeah. John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Yeah. Uh, dude, crazy Madison Square Garden, all these people. It's the top, the, it's the all star game of yes, comedy. Of comedy. Right Everybody smashed. It was awesome. Um, and f forgive me if I'm forgetting any people's names. It's not because they aren't significant because Dude, there's Carly that. Aquilino. Yep. Car sorry. Carly Aquilino, uh, Lynn Coplitz, Colin Quinn. Um, oh, yeah. all these people crazy. Anyway, to my point about being there for no reason, right? Like I'm Pete's pal and Pete's green room in a mixed green room environment where everybody has their own green room. Pete's green room turns into the green room to be in for some reason. Okay. So everybody's in there. We're all hanging out. And, you know, I'm just hanging. I'm not doing much. I'm just hanging out, watching the show, having fun, you know, whatever. Chappelle walks up to me and goes, good set. And I was like, I wonder how intentional that was. <laughs> he had definitely been boozing a bit, but like, was he making a point? <laughs> Is his point there? Why are you here? You know what I mean? I don't know who you are type of thing. Or was he just maybe this guy went up and I don't know who he is or maybe I'm just being funny and like you know he's an easy guy to be around for the most part he has funny stuff to say like you just sit there and listen to him but like I was like oh maybe you know what I mean to my point what am I doing back here <laughs> it's impossible not to read so much into the simple two words good set you know why it's i think part of it is that with a guy who of the stature of dave Chappelle, you just assume that every word that comes from his mouth is intentional right right that guy is not talking superfluously he is not he means everything he says he does not waste his breath that's what we think that's what we think because he's the greatest you just assume that every word that comes from his mouth is gospel in the same way that when jesus was walking around when he was <laughs> right. like may i have some water people were like does he mean the world is becoming drier and, does, does he want to make it into wine yeah you know i'm sure everyone was like what did that mean and then they puzzled yeah. over it for decades yeah, totally. if not 
millennia, really yeah. millennia. Um, but with Chappelle, yeah. So I can totally see why that would have tied you in a knot. <laughs> I was like, whatever. But but I also don't care. Like, fine, whatever. But I wasn't sitting there like bummed out about it. But of course, I was thinking about what the fuck was he talking about. <laughs> Dude, then he proceeded for the next 15 minutes. So David Tell, another person on the show, to just tell David Tell how he was the greatest comedian of the 90s and why. And like telling us these stories about when they were on the road together, opening for people together. Like, you know, it's so cool to be around that. Yeah. You sit, you listen, whatever. Uh, and he said a couple of very memorable, hilarious things. So Chris Rock went up before him. And when the Chris Rock, Chris Rock comes out and he kind of just starts as the audience is cheering for him, he kind of like, you know, looks in one direction, looks in the other direction, sticks his chest out. And Chappelle just looks at the screen. He goes, we call that sizzling. <laughs> he goes, he's the best at it. Look at him. And it, I was like, that is so, that such is an so accurate, cool. hilarious description for what that is. That dude. is so cool. Yeah. It was really crazy. dude. The, the, some of the people who were backstage, Serena Williams was just backstage. Didn't go on the stage. was just hanging out backstage. Like a lot of insane things. Dude, then at the end of the show, John Hamm comes backstage oh and he comes God. up to us and he's like, do you guys know how I get my phone out of this? John Hamm sat in the audience. They put his phone in a yonder bag. John Hamm wasn't allowed to have his own phone. I'm like, dude, you're John Hamm. Weren't you just like, I'm John Hamm? And they're like, okay, like you don't have to do that. So he like couldn't figure out how to get his phone out of the fucking bag. See, like, the problem with me is that's where I would have made a stupid dad joke. Like, I don't know. Why don't you just ham it up? You know? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Bill Burr, your mentor. Yeah. Also was there. <laughs> that's generous. Smashing. But. Um, but dude, I don't know. And it's funny how on a night like that, there's always these like side things that emerge. Like in the in these kind of events, when all the boys go, right? One of our friends always brings a girl. And the girl's usually like, I, you know what I mean? She's like, doesn't say much. She's nice. She's not like super duper hot. Usually yeah. she's just like a nice average girl. So we were joking about how that was going to happen again. So we were like kind of texting being like, oh yeah, so-and-so's coming and he's going to bring like, you know, a cute girl, like a normal, like whatever, like ha ha ha. He shows up with like the hottest girl anybody's ever seen. Wait, who? You, can you not tell me? I don't want to like, I don't want to throw him under the bus. Okay, It's okay. a comic. You know him. All right. It could be a bit. What? I'll beep it. Okay. Uh, don't, because they'll read lips. It's too, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's fine. It's not even that offensive. But dude, he just showed up with like the most beautiful girl and like he knew it. And we all were like, and he would, he would like nod when she wasn't looking. <laughs> he like knew exactly but what was going on. Is, was he backstage too? Yes. And so I wouldn't want to do that. So he always gets to bring a girl backstage for some reason. He's the only one with the privileges. Mm. He's the only person who always brings a girl backstage and it's never a problem. She's always really nice. And she's just not, she's usually just like not mainstream looking. But wouldn't you worry that one of those legends would steal your girl? Absolutely. But I don't even think he would care. I think he would have accepted. He'd be like, listen, she's like way out of my league. It's completely fine all at right. this point. I don't know. All whatever. Right. Um, but it, well, all, whatever. All in all, very fun night. Chappelle always throws these like legendary after parties. Uh, that night was not an exception. Oh, you guys went to the, we the went big to after it. party? Where was it? Uh, it was at this place called Lure which I think is some restaurant in Soho. Okay. Um, whole place rented out, open bar, like fucking crazy party, so much fun. Were there agents and managers there? Yes, lots of them. I don't like that. I hate that too, but dude, this is funny. So an agent that we both know, I don't know why I kept doing this, but you know, you've been drinking, whatever, and like you keep seeing somebody and you sort of like say something real quick and keep it moving. 
So I was doing that and I don't know if what I was saying was offensive or not. And tell me what you think. So okay. this, this agent who we both know very well and who's a lovely person, great agent, uh, has a boyfriend now and she has never really had a boyfriend in the past. And now she's bringing her boyfriend around. So I met her boyfriend for the first time we met, we met, whatever. And then like, I'd, I'd walk past them and I don't know why I kept doing this. Like I'd say hi to her and then I'd tap him on the shoulder and be like, she's a legend. <laughs> I don't know. Is, is that not? Is that fucked up of me? Like, if you. Well, I bet you that guy walked away the same way that you walked away from the Chappelle <laughs> comment. And like, what does it mean? She's a legend. Has she been getting run train on for the last three years, or is she just a great agent? Is she really good at her job? Right. You know? Exactly. Like, is there is something he fucking with me? Is there, you know, all that? <laughs> so, dude, yeah, I don't know if like. He was like, who the fuck is that guy? He's like, oh, you're a legend? I don't know. Yeah. A legend for some reason can sound bad in that context. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think it worked out. I don't know. We That's funny, night. dude. It was fun. It was funny. That's Whatever. great. Um, uh, so how late did you stay? Do you, do you have a lot of fun on a night like that? Yeah. So, so, you know, this was a Sunday night. So it's funny you bring that up. It was a Sunday night. We stayed out very late. And as you know, you know there, there's an important element in comedy of sort of being around for extended periods of time you become familiar with everybody over time these are your friends they're your acquaintances and that's important you know what i mean so a night like this there's something to be cherished about it granted i'm not attempting to fraternize with Chappelle, but it's like you know you frat you, you kind of fraternize with people who are a step above you two steps above you step below you and that's sort of how it all works so you know i'm talking to people i maybe didn't know that well all this stuff is great however I get home at 3 a.m. on a Sunday night. My Monday is trash. Mm -hmm. And that is a bad feeling. And it's hard to like come to terms with that. You know what I mean? It's hard to like balance that night out perfectly so that your Monday isn't shitty. I have a I have a way to I have a way to help you with this. Let's hear it. I've very much come to the realization that as based on what we do, our weekends are not Saturday and Sunday. Right, right. I stick a weekend in whenever I can find it. Right, right. Right. So often I go on the road. I'm on the road on the weekend in a place that I don't really want to be, living out of my hotel room, working at night, just waiting for the comedy shows, going to bed late. By the time I arrive on home on Sunday, midday afternoon, I've been flying, whatever. I, I that's a work weekend. You're right. working all weekend. Right. So then, you know, if I want to go play golf on Tuesday at ten AM I don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. And it took me a long, long time yeah. to get to the point where I didn't feel guilty about that. If yeah. I want to go out to dinner on a Tuesday night or if I want to have drinks on a Tuesday, whatever. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I'll take a Tuesday and I'll take a Thursday if I have to. And I right. get my days for myself where I say, I found my weekend. Mm -hmm. It just was floating. Dude, I, absolutely. I, I still, I struggle with it a bit because there's something isolating for me about not feeling part of mainstream society. I like adhering to normal business hours when I can. It's so healthier. Like, you know, yeah. I like being alert and awake in the morning. This this idea that my girlfriend's in the other room on calls working and when she comes in the bedroom, it just smells like hangover. Mm. And it's 11.15 and I might got my ass up in the air. I'm fast asleep still in my little underwear because I haven't done the laundry. Like my worst pair of underwear, <laughs> my, my bright blue briefs. Dude, just like looking insane. Uh, but no, you're you're absolutely right. And it's important to, you know, th there's a way to sort of like do yourself harm by not 
giving in to the schedule that is important. Like it's important to have energy at night with what we do. Yeah. When we're when we're out and about. You know what I mean? Yeah. As you know. Mm-hmm. So uh it was a fun night, but um too much fun, you know. I'm so now it's midweek. I'm getting back into it. What okay. You, okay, good. Get, you know? Yeah, as long as you get back on track. Yeah, I've been doing I'll a lot ride of comedy. The roller coaster nonstop. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Dude, and also I've been like prepping for a for a little something. You know what I mean? I've been running a little set and it keeps getting the thing I'm supposed to be doing it for keeps getting postponed. Mm. And it's so frustrating. Is this that thing that you were supposed to do a while ago? Yes. So that big thing? You no, know, not that necessarily that big, hey, but big, 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 big thing. It was uh, it was supposed as, to as be things go, not small. It was supposed to be last week. Then it was supposed to be yesterday. Why haven't we talked about this? Because it hasn't happened yet. And you don't want to mention it for fear of mentioning it will ca- cause it to die? No. Jinxing or if it happens to not work out, I don't need everybody knowing. You know what I mean? Just like certain things go around it where I just don't want to tell people yet. Um, but it's crazy to like be building up to something where you're going to peak like an athlete. You're like playing the US Open series to be ready for the US Open. And then the U.S. Open just keeps getting postponed, and now you got to, you know what I mean. So it sucks. Like, mm-hmm. and I've been preparing differently both weeks, and now I'm just kind of like, I don't like, don't know what to do. So now it's supposed to be next right, week. Stay hot, then, stay hot. You got to stay, stay hot, in right? shape. You don't have a choice. Yeah, you're right. And if keep rolling, God right? forbid it, it didn't happen. Well, then you would just be hot. And then you just yeah, you're right. Which no, makes right. you better. You're right. You're right. I mean, it's, it's good. It's we've talked about this. It's nice to do comedy building towards a thing. It makes you kind of yeah, man. You never know. And, like let's say let's say that you you know decided you really wanted to get in shape because you were in love with this girl and you felt like she would only look at you if you got six pack abs, right? Mm-hmm. But then by the time you you put in all this work, you're up at the gym four in the morning every single day, month after month. You're eating your lean proteins. You're refusing desserts. You're not even drinking beers. And by six months down the road, you finally, you're chiseled as hell, hell, at which point you discover that the girl now has a boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. It was all <laughs> for naught. Except now, you're now just Cristiano this, Ronaldo. You're just this Go chiseled <laughs> piece of stone. Yeah. And all these other beautiful babes are now looking your way. Your life has changed. And it was worth it. Which, which, by the way, wasn't that such a striking moment in the Marty Fish documentary? Seeing how he finally committed to like the fitness and diet aspect and how much of a big difference it made? Yes. It scared me. Why? Because it, it made me feel, as, as Roddick put it, I'd never seen someone just, you know, do that, flip the switch totally, that late and become this psychopath. And it made me think that everyone operating at that level is a psycho. Right. It's like, wow, there's like no joy in this. You cannot get, you're you're working out like seven hours a day. You're not seeing your family. Yeah, exactly. Going to bed at 7.30 PM, waking up at four. Dude, yeah. Mark Wahlberging. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like what? (laughs) I don't want, I really don't want that. I know. Well, dude, if you're going to do it, you know, you might as well do it in a pair of your favorite bird dogs. That's the best short for uh, flipping the switch and becoming a total psycho. Because you can do it all, dude. You can wake up and work out in them. You can then jump in the pool to do your, you know, water aerobics. You Mm -hmm. can then dry off and eat lunch while still wearing them Mm -hmm. and then go and play with your kids wearing the same pair of shorts. If you want, you can even wear them to bed. 
Yeah, that's it. For a balanced life, bird dog shorts, there's really no, there's nothing else to try. No substitute. They've got their joggers now, which are sick as all hell. They're beautiful. I love their pants, built-in underwear liner, super comfortable, incredible product. We love the bird dogs. We always have. Go to promo code, excuse me, birddogs.com is where you're going. Promo code, oops, you'll get something. We don't know what it is. It's going to be cool. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love your things you're buying. Pants, shorts, joggers, birddogs.com, promo code, oops. Get them today. All of it. Um, How do you feel about an, an email? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, This one is called break of advice slash urine slash Francis's voice. Oh, boy. Lots to unpack here. I'm curious about what people think of my voice. Sometimes I'll listen to the podcast. I don't really know. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Everyone says that you should do ASMR. You know what that is? Yes. Where you but like, that surprises me because I don't think it's a soothing voice. It definitely it is. It definitely is. Mine? Yeah. yeah. You have a soothing voice. You talk slowly. Yeah. I do talk slowly. Well, I feel like everyone could have an ASMR voice. If they just I feel like we both down. have good voices, dude. I think yours is. I think I have a good voice. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be one of the rare people who's ever said that about themselves. Wow. I like my voice. Yeah, but I would have said that. I would have said that. No doubt. I, I don't think that's it's no it's not so clear with me. I see. It is clear to me as an onlooker mm. and a listener. Yeah. That's very sweet. That's very kind You're of you welcome, guys. Francis. I love the pod. Okay. Anyway, I just recently broke up with my boyfriend of five years. Dude, it's so funny <laughs> how scared people are of Francis. <laughs> hey guys, I love your podcast. Francis is like, fuck you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I just recently broke up with my boyfriend of five years. I'm currently 23 and I've not been single since I was 18 years old. What tips or tricks do you have for being single again after you've been out of the game for a while? It's a very good question. So there's a couple questions in this, and I think we can attack them one at a time, but I'm going to read the email. How's that sound, Francis? Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, also, how do, you deal, how do you deal with not knowing what your ex is up to? I know I broke up with him, but I miss our friendship. It sucks to not only lose your boyfriend, but also your best friend, of course. Um, I've never had a dating app, so I'm really out of touch with the single life since it's been five years. Also, I wanted to mention that I work in a lab, and we low-key judge people who fill up the whole entire urine cup. Thank you. Confirming our suspicions. <laughs> we talked about this a few weeks ago. I knew. Just filling that fucking thing up. Here you go. He's handing, more back there? Handed him a beer, dude. Yeah, yeah fucking yeah. get out of here. We've <laughs> seen. Beer's good. <laughs> We've seen so many gross colors of urine, red, orange, purple, green, etc. It's a competition to show everyone in the lab the weirdest urine color that you received that day. Okay. Does anyone else think that Francis's voice kind of sounds like Will Ferrell sometimes? Or is it just me, sincerely lost and confused? Hmm. Will Ferrell, I don't hear it. Chris, no. I've gotten Woody Harrelson. I've gotten Owen Wilson, but I think a lot of people get that. Uh, and then whenever I do TikTok stuff, people say that I sound like some video gamer who's big. Oh, oh, yeah. What's that guy's name again? Fuck, yeah. They always say you look like, they say I sound like the new girl guy. And they say Nick you, Miller. Yeah, I think. everyone yeah. says Nick Miller vibes about me and about you. They say some video game guy. Tifu. Yes. That, yeah. yeah. Tifu. Who's Tifu? He's just a gamer. Gamer, bro. Big okay. gamer. He makes a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, all those guys. All those kids do. Yeah. Billionaire, probably. Okay, let's attack this one at a time. There's a lot of good yeah. stuff here. So, yeah. being single after you've been out of the game for a while, it's amazing how much of a thing that is, dude. It makes me think of the Shawshank Redemption. When the guy gets out of jail after being in prison for 50 years and he has no idea how to conduct himself. Mm -hmm. And there's like an element of that with getting out of a relationship. You forget what it's like to be single. 
I think, yeah, exactly. You want, you have thoughts? So, I mean, my only thought is it's, I, I think it's harder for a guy potentially than it is for a girl. This girl's a 23 year old hot girl. Like just go be hot. That's all you have to do. You know what I mean? Like there's not really anything else to do. Go be hot in the world and you'll meet guys and stuff, you know? Yeah. My, my thought is that there is no answer to this question. One size does not fit all. Anyone who tries to prescribe a, you know, a rebound path for you, whether you've been broken up with or whether you did the breaking up, you could be somebody who really benefits from all of a sudden stretching your limbs and getting out there and having casual sex with tons of people going on three dates a week, what, what, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. until you finally get tired of that and realize you want some connection and some consistency and you, you try to find, you know, the right person to, to spend more time with. Um, or you could be somebody who having only been accustomed to sleeping with one person or dating one person for five years needs to kind of ease back into it a little bit Mm -hmm. more. And that could mean just be comfortable taking it slow. Um, You are the master of your own, you know, cruise control. Uh, You get to set your vibe. And if that means you don't, you want to go on six dates before you're sure or not, you know, go on five dates and not hook up with the person, whatever. You don't owe anyone anything. You don't even owe it or need it of yourself right. uh, to get out there and get back on the horse. And- yeah. So yeah, this this is valuable. Like, there, of course, it's not one size fits all. There's a lot of different ways to do it. But knowing what we know, 23-year-old girl, right? You're 23, you're still riding off of the residuals of the best social moments of your life. When you're 22, you have 700 friends. You're all hanging out together all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be a lot of good social moments. Like, just enjoy being single in that moment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. go try to have fun as best you can, even though you're a little bummed out. And good things are bound to happen. And when you're ready, things will progress as they should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just go be hot. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, like, if you're concerned about getting out there, mm-hmm. like, that's, in my opinion, the trick. It's also entirely fine to not focus on dating after a breakup. Yeah, just totally. take a minute and think about okay, well, what do I want to do? Right. Well, maybe that's travel. Maybe do it's, you, as they say. Maybe it's get in shape. Maybe it's read. You know, you've got time to devote one hundred percent of your life to yourself. When you're in a relationship, you are thinking about another person, yeah, and their needs. You know, whatever half the time. And now, you know, you can do whatever you want. So that may mean travel, self improvement, whatever the hell it is. It doesn't yeah. have to be like okay. Now I have to navigate the dating world again. Right, and get right. used to that. Like, what am I going to do? Totally. Dude, 100%. Um, as far as the not knowing what your ex is up to question, this is sort of like addiction in my mind because it's like after a couple weeks, you don't, you're not going to give a fuck anymore what he's up to. But by finding out once what he's up to, it's like having that first drink when you're sober. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you're just right back to square one. So just avoid all temptation and check in on him. Like you said, you broke up with him. Hopefully he's out there flourishing. He's probably really bummed out. Um, and you guys will both be fine. You're mm-hmm. not going to give a shit. And you owe him the courtesy of not reaching out to him. I would say. Interesting. Because she said he was my best friend. Well, right, I get right. that. But you broke up with him. And right. if you send a warm 
in your mind friendship text, there's no chance that he's not misreading that. Yeah, that's there's true. no chance. Even if it says, "Hey, hope you're well. How are things?" which is the most sterile nonsense. He's going to read that in your yeah. sweetest whispered Hi, voice. Hi, my little kumquat. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to he's going to source from his friends like what did she mean? Why didn't she use punctuation? Uh all of this, you know, she sent it at this time of day. That's typically right after she does her hot yoga, which means she was probably in an open mind <laughs> point of view uh, like I'm telling you people Letting are the crazy come to her they are not operating correctly after a breakup so you, you you owe him and you owe each other true separation yeah agreed um good luck you're gonna be fine yeah have fun good luck with the dark colored pee <laughs> um <laughs> Cool. Well, dude, fucking, that's a good ep- good episode of Oops the P. There it is. We love oh, you all. Oh, the P. Um, we love you guys. We're going to start doing some live stuff soon-ish. Keep your ears open for uh, us hopefully coming to a city near you eventually. Uh, we're going to start rolling them out slowly. Mm-hmm. It's going to be cool. Um, I'm at Not Julio. He's at Francis CCLS. Check, it, check out his Patreon. Uh, you got anything else to add? Got Albany and Hartford coming right on up now. Uh, FrancisEllis.com for tickets. That's October 20th and 21st. Dude, I think my mom's coming to see you in Connecticut. No, she's not. She's like really excited. What a lovely thing I to know. do. I was, Is your dad going to come? Uh, she's trying to convince him. Should I bring him a cheesecake? You should, yeah. You should. Dude, I said, and she's like, "Where?" I was like, Mom, I'm sure I can like set up tickets for you. She's like... Yeah, I got she, them. Yeah. <laughs> um, got so them. keep your eyes peeled for them. And uh, that's it. We'll see you guys next time.